Blog Talk Radio. Raven Gramasi is a published author of many titles on the themes of witchcraft and inner mystery traditions. He brings 45 years of experience in the practice of ritual, magic, spell casting, and occult mysticism. Raven is the co-directing elder of the Ash, Birch, and Willow tradition, a system reflecting the commonality of European-rooted witchcraft. Stephanie Taylor Gramasi is herself the third-degree initiate of Celtic tradition system of Wicca, as well as a few other ones, and is a co-author of a few oracle decks, The Well-Worn Path, and the hidden path. Both of these two have a lot of experience and in an interesting journey together for studying magic and pre-Christian practices in Europe. And the one book I want to read about that I haven't read by them yet is Old World Witchcraft. I'm curious about that. But anyway, welcome today to Main Street Universe. Our guests are Raven and Stephanie Gramasi. We'll be right back. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network.
everyone. We are back here at Main Street Universe. We kept the song intro on a little longer because we had an incident when Janice and Dave walked in uh, involving a birthday present <laughs> and uh, and some cleanup. That's all we can say. That's all we can say. <laughs> so, yes, it is my birthday today. I'm Daniel Happy Michael. Birthday. On the cusp of Aquarius and Capricorn, and of course I'm here with my associate producer, Miss Janice R. White. Welcome, Janice. Welcome, everybody. And I want to remind everybody that there's a few shows here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network, including this one, Wednesdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Myself and Janice R. White, she's got her new show, Reflections and Rhythms. Yes. Her first guest was Miss Karen Tate. And Jesse's next. And Jesse and Nichols George is next, which brings me to our next show, which is on Fridays. Uh, fluctuates a little bit. Sometimes she's on a little book tour or something, but she usually tries to get it in around between 3 and 4 o'clock Eastern time. And she's out there on the West Coast, but the show's Eastern time is what's stated. And she's the author of You, Me, Life, Dreams and Activating Compassion, as well as some workshop books. So check her out, Jesse Ann Nichols George. She's been with us about four or five years now. And then on Tuesday evenings at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, we have the amazing herbalist, Miss Susan Weed, who has been with us now for about four years as well. Susan is an author of, of a few herbal books as well as other sorts of healing books. She talks about psychology of healing. On our show, it's basically a half-hour herbal medicine class. So it's kind of short, simple, to the point. She picks a plant, talks about it, bam, here's what it does. And it is a show because it's almost in that class format. It, she doesn't get a lot of call-ins, and we tend to always get more listens in the archives anyway. Just in general, podcasts are like that. Some shows get a ton of live listens, but some get much more in the archives, which we definitely do, and that is our highest-rated show is, is Green Magic, Green Medicine with your hostess, Miss Susan Weed and glad to have her on the network. And then on Thursdays at his new time at 2 p.m. Eastern Time is Spiritual Insight with your host, Mr. Darren Bucare. And Darren Bucare is a reader, intuitive consultant, spiritual professional, palm reader, tarot. He does blessings and other things at Marie Lovo's House of Voodoo in the magical city of New Orleans. Louisiana. Louisiana. So we visited there, and we actually, my band, Dragon's Head, was on a tour, and I stayed at his, more of a townhouse than an apartment, but cool place. We were right near the French Quarter, could walk there, and if you've never been to New Orleans, we were there for about five days. There's nothing quite like that city. <laughs> it's a wonderful city. So... Those are the shows, and we have some other once-a-month shows come on, including the return of Mary Thielen. Mary Thielen has been the 16- or 17-year host of Telepathic, Telepathic TV, TV here in Northern Virginia. And, of course, now in the modern age, it reaches further than that, being oh, Internet, YouTube, popular show. They've been doing it for a long time. They're pioneers in, like, the Northern Virginia metaphysical New Age community and we'll be glad to have Mary back, probably doing a Sunday evening show with us. And then we have the return of Jim and Ashley Cash at a night and time to be 
announced later. And we also have a Chinese herbal medicine practitioner who's going to come on and discuss probably similar to Susan's show, like a half hour of talking about Chinese herbal medicine and different aspects of that, including a little bit of feng shui, Taoism, herbal medicine, and acupuncture as well. So it'll be a combination of things. So a few of our shows are about either holistic herbal or what people sometimes call or spiritual alternative quote-unquote health. To me, it's just health, health. And, but, you know, uh, sometimes the establishment doesn't always buy it, but that's okay. We're not that conspiratorial here on Main Street Universe. I just do what works for me. <laughs> anyway, our guests this evening are longtime authors and speakers, teachers, lecturers on the subject of witchcraft, and they've done a lot of research and written a whole bunch of books. I just mentioned a few. There's also links to their sites, a few of them. they got a couple different ones, including the House Grumasi and Ravens and the Pinnacle one with Stephanie there. So th- those Ravens links are there. The Feel free. Yeah, we'll get when we'll get to that. So I got a couple links to those. And um, so check that out on your spare time or in the archive or even now if you're computer savvy and can look at more than one window at once. <laughs> anyway, I see their microphone is there, so I'm going to go ahead and bring them on. Welcome, Raven and Stephanie. Welcome. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us. Thank you. And thank you for thank you so much. joining us. Oh, yeah. And I guess well, Janice we'll has start. Worked very, Janice has worked very hard at uh, trying to keep up with us. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And you guys do seem to, to, to get around a bit. Are you in Salem right now? Are you in Massachusetts? Well, we we live we live in Massachusetts, but we live about two hours due west of Salem. Yeah, we don't. We live in Springfield, which is right on the Connecticut border um, in western Massachusetts. Okay. Okay. I have some family in. Go ahead. Okay. No, I'm saying I have some family in Connecticut. That's all. Yeah. Well, we 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 visit Salem now and then, but it's um, yeah, we don't go down there on a regular basis. Well, we I do. guess we, we just carry you we thought you lived in Salem. Yeah. <laughs> we both did. So sorry about that. I'll let you start. Janice, okay. we'll start with the first question. Hi, Stephanie. How are you doing? Good. Good, good. So I have um, six questions here, so I'll start off with a question. And actually, um, maybe this is more towards Raven, or it could be what? for both of you. Uh, yeah. But I wanted to know the motivation for the latest book, Communing with Your Ancestors, Your Spirit Guides, Blood, Allies, and the Circle of Reincarnation. I mean, what got it all started in that direction? Correct, yes. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, <clears throat> actually, it it kind of started with a uh, friend and fellow author, um, Thorne Coyle, she uh, every time we would meet at uh, conventions or festivals, she kept telling me that I should write a book on the ancestral spirit or the ancestors. Okay. And um, you know, I would tell her. I said, I don't think I have a book's worth on that. You know, maybe a couple of chapters, but I don't really think I've got a full book in me. You know. And she All would right. 
you know, she'd say, no, you you got to do this. You know, I, I see it. You, you need to write it, you know. So um, the the funny story there is I I kept trying to to get that accomplished. I was um, communing with the ancestors. I was leaving offerings on my ancestral shrine, asking them, you know, to if if this book was to be, that I needed, you know, more inspiration. I, you know, I needed, I needed something, and um, and I, I wasn't feeling like I was getting anything back. So the last time I ran into Thorn, um, I told her all that, and she said, "Well, you know, you just you need to ask again." So the end here is uh, we Stephanie and I were sitting in an IHOP having breakfast, and we. Stephanie asked me, so what about the book? And I said, no, I'm just not getting anything from the ancestors uh, at all. I said, I, 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 I'm not going to write this book. And she goes, oh, okay. So we get up, we go outside, get in the car to leave, and right in front of us, crossing us like a T, this big semi-truck drives by, white, mm. one word on it <laughs> that covered the entire length of the uh, trailer. In huge letters, and the word said ancestors. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, it, that really happened, and we were just both shocked and, and blown away. We're looking at that and just going, well, there's the answer right there. So we started laughing, you know, and then she goes, So what do you think? And I said, I think I'm writing a book on ancestors. <laughs> <laughs> but the weird thing is, I went home and I Googled. Everything I could think of, you know, ancestor trucks, ancestor shipping, ancestor packing, moving, you know, <laughs> anything I could think of. And there was nothing on the Internet at all that had anything about a company uh, called Ancestors or a trucking line or anything. So mm. that was one of those weird, mysterious things. And I thought, okay. So that's really what what made me decide to write it. And then from there... Uh, literally, I would just commune with the ancestors, and um, and they basically helped me write this book. Wow, I'm sure that was a, a very good omen, if not strange omen. Mm, that definitely. You. Oh yes, oh yes. So I have um, so far 2016 for me has been pretty good, and I've been getting some kind of messages, too. Uh, um, and I think some of them are also coming from my ancestors since uh, uh, 2011 to last year. There have been a, uh, a lot of departures in my family. Uh, the older um, older people leaving for and giving room, I guess, to younger people like myself, so uh, my next question, and I want you to think about this, is 2016 ripe for ancestor realms or ancestor research? Um, is it a ripe year for it? Because 2015, I don't know how it was for you, but for me it really was a bad year. I mean, really bad year. Um, but this one seems, like I said, seems to be a lot more uh, – Abundant and giving than last year was. Hmm. Well, um, you know, my my feeling is that the ancestors are speaking, you know, louder and louder um, each 
year, and I, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, the the conditions that they see here in our society and our world, and they have a vested interest in in the living and in this yes. l- lifetime, this world, because you know they were a part of it themselves. So I think they've been guiding and and directing people, and uh, there's a lot of um, I've noticed a lot. There's a lot more interest in the ancestral um, uh, work. And what I feel for 2016 is I, I think there's a lot of work to be done. I think there's there's a lot of returning to our roots, um, mm-hmm. looking for the time-honored and time-proven um, to kind of get back in the groove and um, focus. So, um, you know, there's a lot of interesting things going on right now in politics and society and the world and you know, all kinds of weird stuff's going on. And I think it's it's a chaotic energy. But what I'm feeling is the ancestors are trying to rally enough people to kind of quell the chaos and, mm-hmm. and restore some type of reasonability, you know, from their wisdom, their greater wisdom, having lived so many lives before us. So I, I think it's a good year for really focusing and quelling the the chaos in our in our world in our society, but each of us has to play our part. Yeah, and and, and my my feeling about that, or my intuit, is that um, we again, being people who, you know, our genre, are pagans, witches, Wiccans, um, people of nature-based religion. Their, you know, the whole the whole idea or their paradigm is turning back to nature and the natural world, and living in common cause with those natural rhythms because that's where you know basically we see the divine emanation of of balance and occurrence that we can relate to when we allow ourselves to, and I think that um, that kind of is the voice of the ancestor coming through too is that. So, so many people are grasping at uh, well, at new technology and moving forward that they're leaving behind tradition and time-honored ways. And you can even see it kind of in the way of where um, younger generations are not necessarily enamored with the elders and the tradition and the ways that we have to teach. Now, they they misinterpret our idea about structure and um, traditional ways, thinking that that somehow anchors them to no no current growth or current tapping into the ways. But you know that that's not true. That's a misperception on their part. Um, you know our tradition. One of our our key axioms is ever ancient, ever new. That's that's even the title of our new DVD, Ever Ancient, Ever New, um, and that's that's what we ah. do. We find you know those old ways with living in new ways. You know you you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know you always look at at knowledge and wisdom, and you can use what really does work. And I think the ancestors are part of that voice that they're saying, hey, you know we've walked this path before you. You know we've looked ahead on the path. We've you know, we've we've buried through a lot of this. Don't just discard what we've discovered. You know, look at what we've discovered and now apply it to the current world that you're in. And um, I know that I know people are, are saying that 2005 was a horrible year. There's people who say 2014 was a horrible year. 
But again, being being the kind of people that we are, we have to look at the lessons that are learned, the challenges that are overcome, the tempering of the personality to integrate with the soul's purpose. Um, I think that challenges like that um, are really necessary in this dimension, because that's what I think this dimension, this physical plane of earth is all about, is that tempering of the of the soul, and it's done through living as a human. So right. um, I know it's difficult. We we all have difficult things, but we have to keep telling, keep, quit telling the universe that it's horrible, it's awful, it's this, it's that, and just, you know, have gratitude for what we've learned and just keep moving forward doing the work that we do. And that's what Raven and I really endeavored to do. And, it's, and, and Janice, it's not always easy. It's not a piece of cake all the time. No, it's not a piece of cake. I'll, I'll... <laughs> yeah, sorry, we, had, sorry we had a moment there where, where uh, we thought we were going to interrupt each other. But I just wanted to add briefly that I always like the saying that destiny gently pulls you and fate aggressively pushes you. So sometimes when you see, like, oh, my gosh, everything's going bad, well, that could mean that's time for you to step up. You, you haven't That's been doing right. what you've been supposed to doing for the path that you want. So now it's time for you to be strong, dig into yourself, and and be the strong person, as you're saying, in the universe that you're supposed to be, instead of sitting there complaining about it. That's that was always the okay. Right, right. It calls on it does. It calls on you to not be situational, and and cave into whatever. It calls on you to be noble and honorable and to forge through and and endeavor, as I said, it's not always the easiest thing to do, but things that are noble and honorable aren't, as you can see in every journey of the hero that's talked about, that there's always a a sacrifice to be made, you know, of some sort. That is so true, and um, what I learned from, I learned a lot of lessons from 2015, and... um, and one of them is that if you don't take care of your body, your body is going to really kick you in the keister uh, because that half of the 2015 I was sick. And it was a couple months where I was deadly sick where, you know, I, I didn't think I was going to actually be here for 2016. I'm glad that I am here for 2016. Uh, but it was also a year that I felt that I had to clean house, and I don't mean, like, the the floor everything but get rid of people and <laughs> yes. places and things that were not uh, to my best interest and there's still some of that coming on uh, on 2016 as well so and I went to the parliament which I learned a lot from the parliament of the world religions I learned right. a lot from that and they had the grandmothers uh, clan or the grandmothers as they called and I learned a lot from them. Right. And there are women, you know, they start at 65 and go up to 100. So it was a very learning year for me. I guess that's uh, – and I did learn a lot. I learned a lot about myself as well and what I was right. willing to put up with and what I wasn't willing to put up with as well. Yeah. You really probably found the things that really have importance to you in your life and then discarded the rest. Well, I'm so glad to know that you – you forge through that. I hope I hope you're doing much better health wise. Oh yes, I am. I'm doing much better health wise. 
Uh, and Dan the Man and his brother came and visit me when I was in the hospital. So that actually cheered me up. So because you know, oh yeah, I have all this family around here and nobody visit me. But that's another story. So <laughs> it's tough to raise your family. Huh? Yeah, you know, you know, you can't raise the family. That's for sure. So, but um, I have another question, and okay. I have a couple of your previous books. Um, right now I have the overall witchcraft right in front of me, and I know I want to get this book, so hint, hint, hint. Uh, but I wanted to know, does your new book um, function well with your previous books, or is it in line with your previous books, your book about ancestors? Oh, uh, actually, you know, it's quite a different, um, it's quite a different direction from what I normally write. Um, You know, my last book was Grimoire of the Thorn-Blooded Witch, um, which is the companion volume to Old World Witchcraft. It's actually the the Grimoire uh, based upon what was in Old World Witchcraft. Um, This Communing with the Ancestors, it really doesn't deal specifically with witchcraft. Um, It deals with the idea of the ancestors, not mine, not yours, but the ancestors all of them, and it deals with them as as guides and blood allies, um, wisdom bearers, and the need to return to intimate contact with them. Um, the book also goes into um, something that a lot of people probably haven't thought about, and that's the difference between the ancestors and the dead, because those are two different categories. And um, it goes into reincarnation, which I think is what makes the book unique, uh, because there's a lot of books out about the ancestors and ancestral veneration and so forth and so on. Um, But this book deals with the role of reincarnation and how the ancestors play a role in the soul's return to specific bloodlines and why that is and who we are in a a lifetime. So it, it kind of takes a unique approach to it Um, but it is quite different both from what I've written but also the style is actually quite different and in some ways I think that's because I don't really feel that I wrote it by myself I I think it was co-authored by the ancestors that's a good answer and I had a question because now our listeners range from extremely experienced pagans witches druids two people that are completely brand new. And mm-hmm. I had a question about the definition of the word ancestor. And this might just be a personal thing with me. Um, could you consider an ancestor just to be a like-minded spirit from the past, like maybe not direct uh, genetic lineage of any kind? Because some people didn't have happy families, right? right? So sometimes I think you could also – now, this is my personal opinion. You may completely disagree and feel free to – uh, it, it just, you know, like-minded things. Like I always was drawn to the East a little, and I took Kung Fu as a kid. It was my first journey from Christianity with Taoism. And I felt mm-hmm. drawn to them. Like when I would practice, I felt like I was practicing something ancient, and I was communing with them in that way. I'm curious about your answer about the definition of ancestor in that fashion. Right. Well, I, I think there's a couple different things going on. Um, what I acknowledge is that our soul has been in various uh, lineages. 
So even though right now, you know, we may be in a, uh, you know, a German model, an Italian model, you know, whatever our body happens to be, our soul has been in other lineages. And so I think that that draw that you were talking about, uh, whether it's to um, the Middle East, to to Oriental systems, to um, whatever it might be, American Indian, um, I think that these may be soul memories of times that were important, connective in somehow, and the the soul is sort of revisiting that, you know, like you're living in America, but you're practicing Buddhism, you know, from India or something, you know, that that could be um, the soul sort of reviving um, that one um, practice. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it was a genetic, needed a genetic binder here and now in this particular lifetime. Um, I do feel that we come back into physical lineages for a specific reason. You know, like, for example, I'm half Italian, quarter German, quarter Scott. So there are um, lineages there that need what the ancestors would call an agent to fulfill the mission of those lineages. And so we come back into certain bloodlines for specific purposes, um, yet we have to realize the soul is not any nationality, you know, um, but it, it abides in a physical body that has genetic markers. Um, so we, we can have the experience both of being the representative of our bloodline in any given life, but also the soul memory of having been, you know, maybe an Oriental or a Polynesian or a, an American Indian or an Aztec, you know, whatever it might have been that the soul, for whatever reason, is drawing upon that memory, too, I would think, to enhance something. Um, so I, I think that the ancestors are conscious beings, and they're much more involved in the, in what's going on with us, I think, than most people realize. Um, I, I don't know if that answers your question at all, but um, that those are sort of the thoughts that come to mind. No, it was a very, very good answer, actually. It was very, uh, very clear and specific. And we're about at the half-hour point, and I want to take a brief song break, and we'll get right back. Raven and Stephanie, we're talking to Raven and Stephanie Gramasi. We'll come back. We'll continue with the ancestor conversation a little bit, and then we'll go on to some of the other projects you're working on. I think there's a film recently and things like that, a video, and maybe we'll talk about some of that. But I'm kind of liking this conversation, too, so we'll continue it a little bit when we return. And this is actually one from my band, Dragon's Head. Speaking of reincarnation, it's kind of the theme of the song. It's called I Will Find You Again. And the opening line is, time is not your enemy. It's a vessel gently guiding me. And it was one of my personal favorite songs on the album because it was the first time I ever worked with a violin player. And she does a nice little fiddle solo in the middle. <laughs> so anyway, here it is, Dragon's Head with I Will Find You Again. We'll be right back with Raven and Stephanie Gramasi after this break. <laughs>
Forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. All right, everyone, we are back. Myself and associate producer Janice R. White. Say hello, Janice. Hello, everybody. And we're talking to Raven and Stephanie Gramasi, and that song was by my band, Dragon's Head, and we're going to be at the Pagan Music Festival, the Caldera Festival in the spring in Lafayette, Georgia, along with Wendy Rule and Dam the Bard, Tawatha D, and, and a few others. And they'll be uh, releasing the Green album, I think, and doing some kind of promotion. Uh, so there's all sorts of, uh, there's like 30 pagan bands. It's specifically a pagan music festival. It's actually a first-year festival. And I've become pretty good friends with the organizers, and they started International Pagan Radio, IPR, William Brigley, and Mr. Reverend Chuck Chapman. So David Binock is another one on there. So... They've become a very friendly, very supportive of the musicians, and I'm so glad to have met them. So check out IPR. It's on Live 365. Anyhow, I want to say welcome back, Raven and Stephanie, to Main Street Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. You know, Daniel, that is so cool, that, that music festival. I hadn't even heard about that. It is a first-year festival, <laughs> so it oh is, uh, we're going to see how it goes. <laughs> Where is it going to be held? Uh, Lafayette, Georgia. Wow, and when is that going to be? <laughs> May, um, it's in May, it's, it's, it's like late May, like May 20-something. Oh, before Memorial Day. Yeah, I have to check, yeah, I have to check that out. Wow. <laughs> well, that is, we, that well, is we, really um, Send you a date or something on Facebook message or something like that. <laughs> I just forgot uh, the actual date because probably because I'm on the air and sometimes when you're on the air, yeah, you're, you're brain fart. 
Uh, they even yeah. sent me a poster already. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Yeah. And we're a fairly new band, so it was really nice to be invited. I don't even know how he found us, <laughs> but we did a tour, and we had started making more of a presence. And also probably this network probably helped with the presence too. But, um, And then they contacted my guitar player, Laramie, and he contacted me, and I was like, hey, that'll be great, the IPR folks. And... Um, they're very supportive, too, of pagan music. It's called International Pagan Radio IPR. So it's on Live 365. I encourage people to check them out. I think Gina, Mama Gina, will be there, too, at Caldera. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there's yeah, quite, a few, quite a few names. Randy Wolf's going to be on uh, my uh, woman's show on the 17th. Yes, she'll be joining us. Yes, <clears throat> or joining you. <laughs> yes. yes. But anyway, we're having a conversation. Now that I've shamelessly plugged myself a whole bunch, <laughs> uh, let's uh, go back to our guest. Yes. <clears throat> we're having a conversation about... The ancestors, and I think I'll let Janice take the first question there. There you go. What are some of the guidelines um, that you want to share with us about communicating with your ancestors? You mean as like techniques or? Or don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More like do's or don'ts, because uh, like mm-hmm. um, Daniel said, we have really knowledgeable people. Then we just have also have people that's like, oh, okay, I think I want to be a pagan, and don't know sure. anything about it. So, do the don't more like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, the 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 basic principle is the occult uh, principle of like attracts like. Mm-hmm. And as far as ancestors go, what what I recommend as a as a basic beginning is to look at your lineage. You know. See what you are. A lot of Americans are mixed, you know, so oh, you yeah. might want to you know, sort of think about that. But get some kinds of symbols that represent your lineage. Um, you know, for example, say you're Scottish, you might, you know, go online and and find a, um, you know, one of those uh, colors that represent the clan. You know, like they wear on the kilts and whatnot. Um, or a thistle, or um, uh, you know, a Celtic uh, spiral, something that comes from that culture. Um, and so, if you're several different things, you know, just look at uh, look at uh, something. You know, um, even music, you can go and get some folk music that maybe is from a culture that you that you are connected to. And so, you sort of immerse yourself in these symbols that represent your lineage and their connective. So you put those on a on an altar or work area, and um, I also recommend that you look at maybe some traditional foods that are cultural, and you offer those foods and drink, um, and then you you call the ancestors in through your blood. Um, this is the key thing. Uh, one of the teachings is that our ancestors are conscious and connect with us through what's called the living river of blood. It's the blood that flows through our veins, which flowed through theirs all the way back through time. Um, I envision this as, you know, when when our parents were were conceived, their parents' hearts were beating, and that blood was pumping. Then when the fetus awakened, that heart started pumping the same genetic blood. And then those people grew up and had kids 
So all of these hearts have never stopped, if you think about it. The heartbeat has never stopped because each generation was having that heartbeat. So this river of blood flows through time, and it is the essence of our ancestors. Um, So what I recommend is when you're sitting there and you've got the food offerings and the symbols of your culture, you put your fingers up against the carotid artery in your neck and feel your pulse. And feel that beating of your heart because that's pumping the blood that was in your ancestors. You know, we know that for a fact because they can dig up somebody, check the DNA, and say, yes, you're descended from this person. So it is Mm -hmm. in the blood. There's a memory. So you put your fingers on that pulse and you feel and listen to that pulse. And I say, that pulse is the ancestors drumming to you from the past into the present. So you claim that you are a steward of your lineage, a steward of your bloodline. And then you ask, literally, you know, what message do you have for me? So you ask them if they want to speak. And then you wait. You don't rush it. You don't, you know, try to force it or pretend. Just sit very passively and look at the symbols, cultural symbols, and see if maybe something doesn't come to you. It may take a few times. And then after that, speak back to them and tell them that you appreciate and are thankful for the gift of life that they passed on and the the cultural richness that was of you know that they knew and and you asked to reclaim some of that you know awaken some of these ancient memories so you have this moment of um exchange with your ancestors and and I think that's a good basic way of of beginning there are other ways you can go and deepen the symbolism I think beginners might um not really understand the deeper symbols but I think people right. People who have been at this a long time would understand, for example, the use of a, a skull, um, you know, that type of thing. Uh, or setting the altar, you know, setting your ancestral altar in the West. Again, you know, we don't have to overcomplicate it to right. begin with. And I think no. a lot of times that that's what happens, you know, that they read something online or they hear something from somebody else who says, I do it this way, you know, and, and they get all caught up in that part of it rather than just doing simply what Raven said, you could even just light a white candle, you sit down somewhere, you start, you know, you tap into that living river of blood. And um, Raven's one of, uh, I will shamelessly promote one of Raven's books too, his Cauldron of Memory, which uh, he wrote, I believe, back in 2009. That book is all about connecting with the living river of blood within your genetic DNA. And in that book, there are a lot of exercises that one can do um, to to tap into that. And again, it's not really a book about witchcraft. It's more a book about that ancestral memory that's that's within what we call the cauldron within ourselves. Um, I think you should say talk about how how the adoption thing is because I think that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Adoption thing. Yeah, when you're adopted, people say. I would like to hear that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've had people say, well, you know, it's all well and good, but, you know, I I was adopted. I don't know who my ancestors were. And I tell them straight away that, you know, your ancestors have never lost track of you because they're in your blood. You have lost track of them, but they have been in your blood your whole life. And so they're just waiting for that communication. So you can awaken. That's what my book, Cauldron of Memory, was about, awakening the memory of the ancestors within you from on the blood level cellular level unlocking 
you know, science is, is beginning to catch up with ancient thought, and science has come along and found that memory is actually in us, that there is genetic memory, um, and that phobias and talents and different things actually are an ancestral imprint. This is starting to unfold now in scientific thought. Um, so you're, if you're adopted, it, it doesn't matter. All you've got to do is turn and speak your breath back in time. Um, there's a technique in the new book um, called the Spirit Writer, and it is a technique for connecting with, a, with the ancestors directly a little bit complicated, I think, to go over, you know, here because there's a, like almost a full chapter on it. But in essence, each of us has a. I'm going to oversimplify this. Each each of us has an ancestor who is connected to us, who is the voice of the collective. And what we need to do is let that spirit write us, which means entering in and and taking hold. Um, I visualize it in the spine. Um, when you look at ancestor worship throughout the world, the one common symbol is a serpent or a snake. And so your spine kind of looks like a snake if you look at it in an anatomy book. And so I picture that the ancestor comes, sort of hunkers down into the spine, and it's, it's writing you, it, it's, it's guiding you, it's directing you. Um, and anybody can do that, you know, whether they're, you know, know their ancestors or they don't. You just allow the ancestral spirit to connect with you in a very intimate way. And you'd be surprised all of a sudden what's, what gets uploaded, uh, forgive the expression, but what, what gets uploaded from the ancestral uh, hive, it's uh, pretty fascinating. I even recently had an experience in a, in a deep meditation. It's so funny you said mm. serpent and snake, but I don't want to go into too much detail. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was serpent or dragon-like. Yes. It was like I was riding it kind of almost through the air in the meditation. Mm-hmm. And that's about as far as I'll say through that. And I've been working with this energy. Yeah, so it's, it, very- it, it's pretty <clears throat> awesome. Um, you know, a lot of people misunderstand the serpent or snake energy, you know. Uh, because in, in Judeo-Christian lore, the, the snake is a, is the bad guy. Um, but that's because the snake is a liberator. And um, those two religions are not about liberating people. They're about controlling people. So that's why they see the serpent as a bad guy, because the serpent wants to liberate you and free you. And um, that doesn't jive with doctrine and dogma. Um, but once you really connect with the serpent energy, you realize you have a very strong ally who wills the best for you, and uh, it's it's quite a, a liberating experience. Absolutely, and a strengthening one. Like you feel like yeah. there's a strong presence with you that you kind of right. have to be very true to. Uh, they're, as my friend <laughs> says, they're highly allergic to bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, they yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you you <laughs> that's a good uh, analogy. I like and that. it's kind of like I mean, if you look at the Adam and Eve story, there's a glimpse of that, you know. Because Eve says, you know, well, we can't eat of this tree because, you know, God says we'll die and the serpent goes, you won't die. You'll know good and the difference between good and evil, but you won't die. 
so she eats the apple and she doesn't die. So he was calling it like it was, you know. He was going, that's bullshit. You won't die. Um, so the truth teller in the whole Adam and Eve story is the snake. Mm-hmm. Everyone else was either misguided or lying, you know. So this or, idea or of, I'm sorry? Or so innocent. They had no idea what was going on. However, I think that's a little misleading. Yes. Um, we ha- we had a, and I'm, I'll say this briefly, and then we'll get to the next question and, and let you guys keep going, because I think you're doing a great job. We had a Kabbalah expert on, and she was like, yeah, I don't mean, Eve, they left voluntarily, folks. And that was one of the points she was driving home. They didn't, they weren't booted out. No. They were, they left because, you know. <laughs> Good, yeah. Well, they couldn't stay in that state of being, you know. I mean, looking at the story metaphorically, they couldn't stay in that state of consciousness because the serpent had liberated them from from the misinformation. And so now they were like, oh, you know, this is an illusion. So they, they went to seek something else. Okay. All right. All right. Now, I was going to talk about Adam and Eve because they were always uh, some religious white wingers, if you're going to put it that way, was always talking about it. W- it wasn't the snake that uh, drove man out; it was Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was always mm-hmm. mentioned in the Bible. It was the snake that was talking to Eve that made her and Adam eat the apple. Because <laughs> my family is quite the uh, Southern Baptist. Uh, people and I heard about that story over and over and over again. But, uh, uh, it's, it's bizarre. Well, you know, if you take if you take stories like that literally, you know, they don't make a lot of sense. You you you've got hello. to dig deeper and find the esoteric meaning behind them because the story as written, you know, is a fairy tale. You know, you have right. a talking snake and and you know, <laughs> you know that that that's not real. That's not reality. Right. You know? And, you know, yes. yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. So you have to realize that what you're looking at is a is a representation of something else being told simplistically so that people can 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 better understand it. But it's not literally meant that way. Um, unfortunately, that story, you know, sets things up in a bad way, especially for women, because, um, you know, in that particular story, you know, God gets all, you know, torqued with Eve. Um, for listening to the serpent, Eve blames the serpent, and then Adam blames Eve. Everybody's blaming everybody for what they did. Um, but again, the serpent's just being true to himself. He's just you know, telling it like it is. Um, so Eve becomes the downfall. You know, she she um, uh, tricks Adam into eating this fruit and. And so all these curses are put on him and put on Eve and put on the serpent, you know. Um, it, it's really a it's a study in, in someone who needs anger management, you know, classes. Um, because that, that's a pretty weird thing to do. Um, so, yeah, they use it a lot to, to say that women should be submissive to, to their husbands and, you know, um, and that you know men should have the final say in the household and the family and uh you know but that that had more to do with Hebraic culture and the harsh the harsh life that they lived as uh, you know basically uh uh wanderers you know um so well there's a lot of cultural stuff that's put in that but i think the story itself 
is meant to indicate um, states of consciousness that that have to be um, what's the word I'm looking for that have have to be transcended. And the serpent is always someone who liberates and transcends. And even the stories of snakes biting, you know, the venom is a is a poison that actually alters states of consciousness. It's a shamanic tool in the stories. So getting bit by a snake in these old stories is about transformation through altered states of consciousness. The idea is we were not meant to stay as we were. So the idea of a paradise with two humans in it, and they were just supposed to walk around the garden forever um, in in bliss, uh, isn't really doing anybody any good. Um, That the whole idea is about evolution and growth, not staying where you are. So that's why I think the serpent comes into the story and says, well, we've got to do something about this. <laughs> right. Right. It, it, it was just probably almost unbearable for the serpent to even watch. <laughs> it's like, these folks just are not progressing. I mean, they're well fed and they're running around having a, you know, doing whatever. But it's, uh... but anyway, we're kind of coming close to the end of the hour. And and we can go a little over the hour or two, but I want to respect your time if you expect it. Oh, now. we're fine. So, yeah. um, I want you guys to go ahead and plug some of the new things you're working on. Like there was a video or a movie, and talk about anything else you want to plug as well. Yeah, we we did a uh, a video, a two hour video uh, called uh, "Ever Ancient, Ever New: Witchcraft by the Hearthside," and it's done sort of in the Bill Moore, Joseph Campbell interview style in front of a fireplace. And um, Stephanie and I talk about uh, the origins of witchcraft and old lore and some of the stereotypes and how they came to be. We talk about magic and ritual and techniques. Um, we talk about deities. Um, it's it's just a really good, what we what we like to think is a really good pagan resource. But it's done in a way that uh, hasn't been done in our genre before. And it's a very high quality. Um, we actually hired a, uh, a movie company, basically, um, to film it. And so the quality is, is excellent. Um, it's being well received. It just came out um, uh, last year. Like first, no, the first of uh, mm. like January 1st or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a long time coming, so it was hard to remember yeah. the exact. But it, yeah, it, it came into it. We, got, we yeah. got ours in December, and then we started shipping right. them out. So. It's it's new, but the people that have watched it have had very nice things to say about it. So we're really excited about that. That's a DVD that's available through our online store, which is Ravensloft, and the URL for that is Ravensloft.dizbiz. Well, and and if I may so so again shamelessly promoting, we're offering a uh, package deal right now. If you buy the DVD um, and the and Raven's new book as a pre-order. We're giving 10% off on that um, for for both of those, and and the DVD. Raven said, "It's I, what I am is I'm interviewing Raven for two hours, but um, alongside that, it's not just us sitting there and talking for two hours straight. There's there's a lot of interesting um, things that are intertwined within it. You know, there's images and uh, there is some um, clips. some yeah some clips of." Uh, ritual things and um that go along with the conversation at the same time but it's really uh it's really entertaining yeah, and informative inter- entertaining and informative yes 
All right. And there's no shame here tonight. (laughs) I'm playing. I'm playing. No, you know, I think it's actually great, and I think it's a good resource because I think it's something that people should see because I know your style of conversing. I've watched you in videos. You've been on the show once before. You're Mm -hmm. here now, and you both have an intelligent you're good representatives of what you do. So I think it's a great thing, a, a great project, and I encourage everyone to to purchase it. Because so many people in this community, which now I don't have time for this argument, but you know, so, sometimes, sometimes the people in the pagan community aren't always supportive with their wallet. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Well, well, you know, well, the one thing I'd like say quickly about the DVD, it was done in a way that it's something you can have family watch or people that you want to better understand you that, that have misgivings. Um, it's 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 one of those things you can say, hey, watch this. Because you know, it's a lot about, our, it brings out our spirituality and it brings out the falseness of accusations. And you know, it does it with historical facts. And um, I think it's a good thing to give your family members or you know, whoever is wondering what you really are up to, this is a really safe way of doing it. And it's the first kind of uh, DVD of, of its kind um, done by, you know, uh, done by witches. And um, thank you very much for saying that. That was a very nice nice thing that you said. We appreciate that. Your oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And you're welcome. And, again, because um, I know your approach is calm, it's historical, it's not with a lot of flamboyance and everything, and, and so I think I totally agreed. I haven't seen the video, but I've heard you guys speak before, and including and I've been in here. Yeah, and and I think you and a few others represent so well, including Selena Fox is another oh, wow. one, and yes. and a few others, and it's just great to have something out there that's like you said for anyone. You could give it to someone that's scared of it, because I mean I live in a kind of sophisticated place. I live in Northern Virginia near D.C. It's, 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 I mm-hmm. mean, in some ways, Janice, she's giving me a face. But, you know, it's very, the, 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 the makeup here, ethnically, is the same as New York. It's actually true. Yeah, yeah if, you include, if you include D.C. and Northern Virginia, it's oh, okay. well, yeah. by percentage, in a percentage base, not as many people. And they don't care if you're pagan around here. They just play oh. anywhere it's pinnacle in the world. They don't. They don't care at all. They might oh, not nice. even know what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, right. They, uh, they probably think you're Jewish or something. <laughs> yeah, they'll ask you that a star of David. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. But anyhow, my whole point being, but there are some places where it's still a little more scary, and yeah. people are scared to tell their family. So I think it's a great um, opportunity, and I'm going to purchase it myself. So yeah, uh, so I'm going to get the ancestor book. Yeah, I, I want to buy the, uh, the video, so I'm, I'm curious in that, in, in, in that production. So I'll support in that way. Um, I remember seeing you guys posted occasionally on Facebook. But anyway, I want to thank you both so much for joining us. Oh, yes. Thank you so thank much you. for joining us, Raven and Stephanie. Well, thank you for having us. It's always a pleasure. Oh, yeah. We hope you have us right. back again at another time. Oh, yes. We'll have a long conversation. Absolutely. In that All hour... Right. Just pretty much felt like it flew by. <laughs> yeah, I only think Janice said she had six questions. I think she only asked like maybe three. <laughs> Isn't that funny how time flies? Uh, yeah. Well, actually, you did four. We have two. Oh, left. good. Good, good. 
We'll save well, them for, uh, so for next time for the other show. All right. Have a have a great and successful year, and blessed be to you. And to you as well. Blessed be to you. Thank you so much. And thanks for everyone that tuned in. You're listening to Main Street Universe, the show and network reminding you that the mysteries and possibilities of the universe are closer to Main Street than you may have ever imagined. And I can imagine a lot. And we are here a few nights a week. We're constantly expanding, constantly doing other things. Again, thank you for joining us. Have a good evening. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. So now we have another archived show.